Welcome to the Lifestyle First podcast, discussing lifestyle medicine and making self-care as easy as one, two, three. One question, two research reviews, and three actionable health tips, all centered around the Lifestyle First method, your blueprint for the 10 key roots of optimal health and happiness. And now your host, lifestyle medicine physician and coach, Dr. Alka Patel. Hello and welcome to Series 7, Episode 5 of the Lifestyle First podcast. And the theme that we are focusing on today is S4, Sleep Glorious Sleep. So what's the one question we're asking today? Well, we are asking, how does temperature affect sleep? And to answer that, I would like to introduce you to my guest today, who is Tara Youngblood. Tara is the co-founder and the CEO of Chili Sleep. And she's also a TEDx speaker with her talk, How a Sleep Recipe Changed My Life. So Tara, a very, very, very warm welcome. And I say warm because here in the UK, as I'm recording this day, it is actually one of the warmest days of the year. So perfect time for us to be having this conversation. Absolutely. I, I, do, I have to say, I do love the UK and we're hoping that uh, COVID works out. My family's hoping to get there for Christmas time, but we'll see. We'll see how that works. Lovely. Well, I can guarantee you the temperatures will not be the same at Christmas time than they have No, no. So now, now it is, uh, yes, yeah, very hot there. So temperature and sleep is, is really interesting. And actually, I didn't know this when I started my sleep journey at all. It was, you know, when even the product that we came up with was really a little bit about comfort and adjusting temperatures. And it was thinking about uh, market evolution as product designers, but it turns out temperature has an interesting role with sleep. And actually, if you uh, Google uh, Clifford Sapir out of Harvard in about 2003, he actually coined a term called sleep switch. It turns out that your neurons in your brain can be activated by a change of temperature, especially in the window of sleep. And when it does that, that is actually sort of triggers the release of melatonin and really starts all of that serotonin, all of those good things that help us fall asleep. So that hormone rush that we get that makes us feel drowsy can be triggered by a change of temperature. And so on the other end of that, we also want a change of temperature that triggers sleep to turn off. And when we do that, we actually get cortisol at the other end. And it makes sense when you think about it in terms of human beings sleeping outside for millennia. And that's really what happens outside, right? So as the sun goes down, the temperature drops and even hunter-gatherer research, Jerry Siegel out of UCLA did a a great hunter-gatherer research project for over a year and tracked hunter-gatherer societies. And it turns out it really is, they didn't even need eight hours of sleep, but they did need that a change of temperature trigger. And it doesn't have to be a huge change of temperature, but a change of temperature can trigger that drowsiness and sleepiness that we really want to get. And I love the idea of a sleep switch. If it was that easy to just flip it. That's a really great way to, to think about it, taking us back actually to the back beginning of time and, you know, in terms of evolution, how we've evolved and almost uh, connecting our sleep patterns with our external um, environment. So, yeah, thank you for that, uh, that idea of that sleep switch. So maybe just to get back to the core of it all then and just to make sure we all understand what we mean by temperature and body temperature. Can you maybe just describe what happens very naturally to us, to our body temperature during the day when we're awake and then at night when we sleep and then go through all the stages of sleep. So what is actually happening naturally to our body temperature? 
Yeah, so your circadian rhythm actually fluctuates when it comes to temperature throughout the day. You'll actually find like peaks in blood pressure and cognitive load and creativity. Your body loves having a clock, just like all of us are ingrained to that calendar, whether it's Google or Microsoft, whatever drives you, all of us have a calendar that sort of decides what we do when our body works the same way. If you want to determine some of the benchmarks of when your clock is, is going to pick different times, that's called chronotype. And that is genetically driven. Um, the length of that gene sort of determines whether you're more of a morning person or an evening person or someone in the very broad spectrum of either end of that. And most people end up, you know, in that pretty bell curve in the middle. Um, but it does help you to kind of understand when your bedtime should be and when you should wake up. That doesn't mean that's the only way you have to sleep, but it does give you sort of that, that benchmark. And when you put it to that benchmark, really about three, four hours after you fall asleep, your core body temperature is gonna drop about two degrees. And so when we think about two degrees, it doesn't sound very much, you know, when you're 37 degrees uh, Celsius and you bump up and you're running a fever, that two degrees feels pretty different. You can imagine what you're, you know, all of us have been in that spot and it feels pretty terrible. Well, the other side is true that that two degrees makes a very big difference for sleep, especially deep sleep and our ability to heal. And at the cellular, even the cellular level, that clock is still in, in play. And so when it thinks about whether it should be healing or whether it should be working, we really want to trigger it to heal and that cooling that happens when our body says, okay, it's time to cool and it's time to heal and it's time to sort of be in that sort of relaxing spot. So instead of fight or flight and, you know, all pumped up, it's the opposite. And we want to really emphasize that and temperature just helps to talk to our body in an unconscious way. We don't have to think about, I love when you don't have to think about an intervention. So temperature for me is, is a big hack that way. So um, it's that change in temperature, isn't it? At the beginning, you were talking about um, us in our natural external environments uh, billions and billions of years ago when we were exposed to those very natural temperature dips that occur uh, at night uh, when we're outdoors. But we don't allow ourselves to be exposed to that anymore, do we? We're that sort of snuggle under the duvet uh, type now. So do you think it's that, is it that environmental um, really not allowing our sleep switch to turn on that we're, we're creating that's really putting uh, insomnia on the table and sleep issues, sleep problems are just on the rise, aren't they? Do you think this is very much us uh, almost self-inflicted that need to feel comfortable? It, it is, you know, I think there's there's actual trends of, of really assessing this need for comfort and, and creating comfort all the time. Because if your your temperature never changes, you're comfortable all the time. Our, our mattresses are designed to be more comfortable and softer and squishier, but those foams are actually absorbing heat and then reflecting it back. So we're actually sabotaging ourselves even more by actually being hotter at night than cooler at night. So if you're sleeping outside camping, you may have noticed that you're cooler at night and you don't have have that same mattress reflecting that heat back, but that is definitely sort of further emphasizing that discrepancy of, of the wrong direction that we're going. You know, I think the other part that is a big factor, sleep goes hand in hand with stress. And um, those that combination is, is truly a deadly combination. So when we think about the rise of autoimmune and all these other diseases that are popping up, really the combination of lack of sleep and stress becomes really that pivotal part. And unfortunately, it's not a one day of lack of sleep that's going to suddenly put you into diabetic or MS or some of those other 
other autoimmune things. But over time, those together, you know, we think about, well, how is coal made? It's pressure and stress and time. And if we um, do that to ourselves over time, we end up in chronic disease states. And, and that's really, I think, part of the rise, uh, the comorbidity with any chronic illness and lack of and sleep disorders of any kind is, is, is pretty significant. And you're right. I think just making that connection is so important, isn't it? Because we don't often connect that one night of poor sleep with the consequences the next day. And then it becomes another night and another night. And we don't really see that trajectory 10, 20, 30 years into the distance, do we? But you're, I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's prioritizing sleep and restful sleep, because I'm often getting patients actually who say, I'm getting my eight hours, but I'm still exhausted. What do you think is going on there? I, I suspect there's a connection with, with temperature um, here because uh, clearly we're not allowing ourselves to get into those realms of deeper sleep where all that cognitive resetting occurs and all that emotional resetting occurs. What are your thoughts? What have you come across in terms of why do you sleep your eight hours but still not wake up feeling refreshed? Yeah, really the quality thing. And, you know, the eight hours thing is is one of my favorite myths to burst. Um, so when you look at Charles Dickens and the, the references to sleep, there's first and second sleep. You know, you go to Spain, there's siestas um, and they eat much later at night. A lot of those habits actually were pretty prevalent in our past. And so sleeping eight hours came about during the industrial industrial revolution when people wanted to have factory workers and they, they kind of petitioned to have eight hours off consecutively. So it's interesting where some of these metrics come from. Um, and if we're getting poor sleep, it's one of the easiest things to measure. Well, how long did you sleep? Was it good or bad? And that's kind of become this sort of baseline, but really we need to look deeper into sleep. And there's different types of sleep. So you cycle through different types of sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, light sleep as you go through the, the night. But the probability for deep sleep really is that first half and it really likes it cooler. So if you think about your core body temperature dropping, that's gonna allow those deep sleep cycles to be much more prevalent. And the second half of the night is much more REM sleep focused that way. Again, it doesn't mean that you won't get either of those cycles in the other half, but it is much more prevalent in the first half for deep and REM in the second. So we actually find some of our customers because they set the chili pad really cold that in the morning they're waking up early or they're not getting as much REM sleep. It can actually cannibalize it and you get too much deep sleep instead of a nice balance. And so that quality metric of two hours of REM sleep, two hours of deep sleep, we really need to aim for that as sort of visibility. And if you wake up fatigued, chances are you're not getting really great sleep. There are other factors. A lot of people use alcohol to fall asleep and that can also affect that. It actually remarkably still affects temperature because anything that's gonna raise your metabolism, like basically working through alcohol or a meal really late at night, especially a heavy meal, high in proteins, your body has to work really hard. And you think about any chemical reaction in that case is putting off extra heat. So you're getting hotter. So it makes it again, harder for your body to drop those two degrees. So in, in fact, it is a little bit temperature, even though it's really an alcohol or, or diet kind of question, but there's a lot of things we do during the day that kind of sabotage our sleep. And we don't even really realize that we're setting ourselves up for sleep failure in that case. Yeah. So Tara, you mentioned the chili pad in there. Um, tell us more about that. Then again, that connection with, with temperature. Tell us about the chili pad. Yeah. So um, my husband and co-founder, we 
both sleep at very different temperatures. He would have it literally be an ice uh, block to sleep on if he could. And I do like to warm up to fall asleep. And then once I'm asleep, I cool down. So the chili pad is a mattress pad that goes under your sheets. We have different sizes for every bed, or you can just do half a bed. We call that a me. Or if you have two people in a bed, you can do we, or if you have a whole bed to yourself and there's two zones, you can still have a we. Um, we just kind of use it more as an excitement kind of we instead of like people we's. Um, even your dog will appreciate it. We have animals that get the other side of the bed pretty often. Um, but it allows you to adjust that temperature and you can, you know, be as really as cool as you want to, as hot as you want. You know, that that range is um, translating to Celsius. I apologize. As a Canadian, I shouldn't be so far from it, but I'm out of practice. Um, so you're at 16 Celsius up to 42 Celsius. So you pretty big range of what you can do and you each get a chance to decide what's what side of the bed you want to have at what temperature. Um, and so that there's no EMFs in the bed. We use water because it's just way more effective than air at managing temperature, but it's actively cooling. So if you think of yourself as a Ferrari engine and you're putting off heat all night, um, you wouldn't want to run your Ferrari without a radiator or something to keep it cool. It would overheat and cause problems in your car. We need to treat ourselves at least as good as a car and make sure we're staying cool, we're staying um, hydrated. We have all of our fluids and things like that. So when you think about yourself as an engine, make sure you're hydrated and you're managing temperature. And that goes a long way to making sure your sleep works well. Great analogy, I love that. I am a Ferrari engine, I think I'll, I'll take that, thank you. Um, so again, that's really interesting because I see a lot of patients who have trouble falling asleep. Um, and when I try and explain to them that taking a warm bath will actually cool them down, they find that quite quite difficult to, to understand. But again, it's that rate of change of, of temperature. You come out of that warm bath or that warm shower and you're going to cool down much more rapidly and that's gonna trigger what you were talking about earlier, trigger your melatonin um, as well. But I also get patients who wake up in the night and it sounds as though that cooling in the night is what stopped and therefore they're they're possibly waking up so something like the, the chili pad or some way of keeping cool throughout the night um, seems like it's an effective way to fall asleep and stay asleep what have you found with the, with the staying asleep phenomenon yeah so this one's this one's definitely hard I will say the chili pad in this case um, wins out for me but that said, back to the extremity of, of, of spectrum that we have. So we actually just announced a, a partnership with the a major league baseball uh, teams in the US. And we work with a lot of professional athletes, even uh, football players in the UK. Um, but, you know, in that case, their metabolism is really high from being a, an athlete. And so, you know, that for them, taking a warm shower, a warm bath is actually not going to help. It's not significant enough of a change in order to really change that metabolism. Um, so I will say if you're really struggling and even Terry Walls um, with MS has, has sort of prescribed the same thing, but it is an ice bath. So not lovely, but it is it is actually um, amazing. And if you are a scientist at heart and you want to experiment with it, you want to do it about an hour before you want to go to sleep because actually popping out of an ice bath, you're going to actually have a bit of a, a rush of oxygenation and all those fun things. Cold therapy is magical. If you ever done cryotherapy, it'll feel like that. Um, but it does mean about 
an hour from then, you will actually feel like an elephant tranquilizer hit you and it'll knock you out. And the, and because of that extreme change in, in temperature, you're going to feel that benefit longer. So that is something we do prescribe to our professional athletes. If they're really stuck, especially in a hotel room and they can't get themselves settled back down after a game and all of the, the amping that goes up, um, that's where cold does have a magical relationship with our body and, and being able to sort of settle us down and, and get us where we need to go. Um, but it may not be for everyone. And I will say that, you know, people are like, oh, the chili pads kind of expensive. When you look at the energy profile and you look at the alternative of ice bath, there's, it's definitely a, a worthwhile spend to be able to comfortably adjust your temperature at night. Um, but there are lots of extremes that you can do to, to trigger that as well. And I think what you raised about thinking about yourself, obviously, as an, as an individual and your own response um, is really, really important because all of us have different layers to our metabolism, don't we? And I think that's, that's the trick is remembering that metabolism is generating heat, but your own metabolic rate will be a big contributor to that. And that even me and you will be having, uh, you know, different effects. Um, so do yeah, you just putting on socks for some people is enough. Yeah. I, I, like it is, it really is like all the way from like just putting on socks to an ice bath and like, everything in between. So we do, I, every chance I get, encourage people to be their own scientist in their, their own body and, and AB test stuff, you know, like try this and try that. And, and you'll find, you'll find something that feels just right, especially with temperature. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to your TEDx talk when you talk about uh, being your own scientist. I think you did some, um, some little experiments of your own uh, on your own body temperature and feedback, didn't you? So I definitely encourage people to, to have a listen to that. Um, so maybe my final question then back to sort of metabolism and, and temperature. Do you think that human beings are getting cooler? Because I've had read some research about uh, our core body temperature and it's actually changing. Do you think that's the case? You know, I think that my belief in evolution is there's a reason for everything. And I, I do think that, you know, as we look at our response to warmer conditions around the globe, um, there is an interesting sort of correlation of, you know, we pushed our bodies to be all comfortable and our, our bodies are saying, okay, but that range of comfort that our brains think our prefrontal cortex up here thinks is brilliant to be at a certain temperature. Our bodies are actually responding and saying, actually, I can't, I can't function really well in that. And so we're, we're evolving to respond to that, that zone of comfort that exists in our homes with air conditioning and, and manage temperature control. And our bodies are going to keep responding and saying, I really need it cooler. And I'm going to maintain my own cooler body temperature to not overheat. Um, but we weren't, we weren't designed to live in this comfort zone of air conditioning that we've created for ourselves. And our bodies are basically telling us, please stop you know, get outside, you know, get more cold in your life. Uh, it's good for you. And now here is your lifestyle first prescription. Your three activating actions to take you from knowing to doing. Get out of your comfort zone, I think. So give us three actions then uh, to do exactly that, Tara, as we, uh, as we wrap up. Give us three actions that we can take. Yeah. So first, obviously, is stress management. It comes in all sorts of different forms. And again, just like temperature, find what works for you. If meditation seems intimidating, try just some breathing techniques. Um, I have four boys and we talk about managing a stress monster. So again, the cortisol you wake up with in the morning is cute and friendly, like a, a puppet monster. Um, but if it manages to get out of control during the day, by the time you get into bed, if it's really ugly and scary, you're not going to be able to go asleep. And that anxiety is really 
really high. So managing the stress monster, one of the things I use for that is a weighted blanket. Um, in addition to sort of self-checks throughout the day, big believer in BJ Fogg and his tiny habits and anchoring things. And if you go to the restroom, we all do about seven times a day, take that as a stress check. Are you checking in on yourself? Breathe for, you know, close yourself in the stall, close the door to the bathroom, keep the kids out. Just 30 seconds to a minute can reset the cortisol levels in our bloodstream and, and really help. So again, we're not trying to overcome these mountains or huge monsters when we climb into bed because we're tired. And that's when it's really hard to have good talks with ourselves and be grateful and do journaling. It's way harder to keep ourselves on track with that hygiene. Go into the bedtime routine and set yourself up for success with sleep. A lot of people, if you're trying a new habit, do it in the morning, lay out your tea or lay out what things you want to do, put it next to your toothbrush, put it next to your habits um, and try to do that. Temperature is no different. So if you're using a chili pad, I suggest start at that room temperature and then adjust up from there. Remember that your core body temperature is warmer than room temperature. So it may still be higher than room temperature. You're still cooling, you're still maintaining thermal neutral or cooler for your body, but get outside and walk. Be outside uh, during the day as much as you can. I know with COVID things are weird, um, but by 9 a.m., make sure you get some sunlight, get outside. Even if it doesn't seem like there's sunlight, that sun UV rays are still getting through. You can still feel it. Um, and then try to do one before you go to bed too. If it's not a, again, socks or a warm shower, get outside change your temperature before you go to bed. Hopefully between the extreme of putting on socks and an ice bath, you're gonna find that right spot. Love that, that's amazing. Really, really useful tips there, um, Tara. I'm sure people are gonna to want to find out more about the chili pad, find out more about you. So tell us where's the best place to, to find more. Yeah, so we are in the UK and we do have stock in the UK. So you can go to chilisleep.co.uk um, or just remember chillysleep.com and it'll automatically redirect you. But there's blogs and information on a lot of what I talked about, a lot with, along with further details and more research. So if you're curious and you want to learn more, there's that part. Um, but if you want to find the products, you can go online. And then we've also given you some coupons through this podcast. And we'll put those um, hopefully in the show notes that you'll be able to view and take those with you um, so you're armed with some discounts as well. Oh, absolutely perfect. I will put all of those links um, onto the podcast notes for sure and share those uh, codes as well so people really can uh, really focus in on their temperature and, and zone in on what works for them. So thank you so much, Tara. That was a, a wonderful conversation. It really made me think uh, about temperature, especially on warm, warm days uh, like this. So I uh, look forward to welcoming you to the UK um, as well. Hopefully you will be able to get over here um, over the Christmas. So that would be lovely to see you then yes thank you very welcome so that simply leaves me now to wish everybody listening a happy healthy day thanks for joining us on the lifestyle first podcast making self-care as easy as one two three don't forget to subscribe and share and we'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave a review to learn more or to arrange a consultation please visit www.dralkapatel.com See you next time.